0: What's up Joe? What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of sports three sixty I'm Jeff Fennell. I'm here with my man, Rob Duran. You thought you got rid of us, but we're back. What's up, Rob? How you doing?
1: What's going on, man? That's right. We are back,
0: yeah, yeah. For everybody who said good riddance, uh-uh. we are back <laughs> We are back. <laughs> and better than ever man it's been a long time it's been a long time man it's just good to talk to you again man you know after what seems to be like you know just too long just too long but good to be back in the saddle
1: yeah man feels like a whole baseball season ago right
0: Yeah, yeah. Baseball, man. I mean, a lot of things, a lot of things have transpired and, you know, want to jump into some stuff today um, as we sit here on the eve of the NFL playoffs uh, kicking off this weekend. So definitely want to talk about that. Want to talk a little NBA uh, in particular, uh, the returns of Klay Thompson and Kyrie Irving. And also, you mentioned baseball, also mentioned, you know, talk a little bit about the baseball lockout and, you know, the resumption of negotiations. But it hasn't gotten off to a flying start, um, to say the least. But um, why don't we jump into some football, man? Uh, Football season has come to an end. You are a Jets fan. So in some ways, you have to be
1: relieved, I would think, wouldn't you? Yeah, just a little bit. I mean, I'll say this. With the exception of that last game against the Bills, I think Zach Wilson improved a lot, especially against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He did a good job. I like the way the Jets are trending. So I'll leave it there because there's not much good to say. But, you know, I'm looking forward to next year as a Jets fan. I think they got the right coach. They got the right quarterback. They just need to stay healthy and get some more pieces.
0: Well, that's good to hear. Um, You know, the other New York team, not so much. I mean, they fired their coach, uh, Joe Judge. And, you know, for me, the last game of the season, when they were like running quarterback sneaks deep in their territory on like third and eight, third and nine, and wouldn't let the quarterback throw the ball. (laughs) <laughs> it's kind of indicative of a team that had just given up. And for me, things like that sealed Joe Judge's fate. Um, they needed to make a change. And, you know, every year in the NFL, there's there's a lot of coaching changes. Some make sense, like Joe Judge. But, you know, there's two that didn't make sense. In Miami and... The Houston Texans yeah. I don't understand you know Miami firing Flores after two winning seasons and especially ha- after they came back from the seven game losing streak this year and nearly made a push for the playoffs and then the firing of Cully in Texas uh, by the Texans I don't understand that after one season what it, what did they expect him to do with that mess that he was
1: inherited a, it was insane and Going back to Flores, the Dolphins team ascended throughout the season. You know, they got better towards the end, like you mentioned. So why are you going to get rid of a guy who brought out the best in that team when they have a young QB? And and maybe it was disagreements. You know, there's reports out there. There were disagreements between him and the front office and stuff like that. But this is a coach who – best free agent coach out there, I think, right now. So he's going to get a job. You You have to believe he's going to get a job somewhere. And then what they did in Houston, talk about, you know, Cully is an assistant. He's been around the game forever. Finally gets a coaching opportunity. And then it happens to be probably the worst situated franchise going into the season with the whole Deshaun Watson issues and players wanting to leave that organization. A whole mess. You throw the guy out into the fire on his first day to answer all these questions for the organization and then fire him at the end. So a, a raw deal for the guy, and I feel bad for him. And hopefully, he can catch on somewhere else, um, whether it's an assistant position or even a head coach in the co- in, in the college ranks or something, man, because he did not deserve to go out like that.
0: Totally agree with that, and, and and I do think going to Flores that you know already the the Chicago Bears, for example, have expressed interest. At least it's reported that they have interest in him. Uh, and you would have to imagine there are a number of other NFL teams that will take, you know, uh, a look at Flores. Um, they were 10 and six last year. Um, they were above 500 this year, right? I think they might've been nine and eight or, or something like that. And yeah, I believe so. Um, you know, but typically that doesn't get an NFL coach fired. So you wonder if there was something going on behind the scenes um in a situation like that but um you know what but we are now at the playoffs and you know i want to take a look at the weekend games um uh, the wild card round begins tomorrow as we're speaking here on friday night and um let's jump into it man beginning with the first game that's on the schedule and that's the uh the raiders against the Bengals. And, you know, the Raiders are an interesting team in that, um, you know, they came into the season. I think there was a lot of high hopes for them. Then you had the John Gruden situation. Uh, You had the the situation with the wide receiver, and I'm blanking on his name now, Uh, the tragedy there. They just had so many off the field things, um, you know, sort of distract and derail them or potentially derail them. And then they went on a losing streak, and then they, you know, they finished out the season pretty strong, and got into the postseason in that crazy game against the Chargers last Sunday night. Um, but here they are, and then you have the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, a team that has really been impressive. Joe Burrow has shown himself to be what he's touted to be coming out of college, uh, really playing well. Um, but they're kicking off the playoffs tomorrow in Cincinnati. I'm going to let you go first on this one. I'll go first on the next one. Um, who you have in this game, Raiders or Bengals?
1: I'm going to go with the Bengals. I like Joe Borrow. I like Jamar Chase. I like those, those two together are such a dynamic duo. And, and it's not just them, too. The Bengals have a, have a great offense. I'm concerned about their offensive line, especially with the pass rushers that the Raiders have, especially that dude Grosby. He's, he's a bad dude.
0: But I'm going to go with the Bengals on this one. Yeah, so am I. So am I. I mean, you know, I you, one of the things I don't like, even though the Raiders now are in Las Vegas, but they still have to travel some. And I just don't like the teams traveling from the West and having to go East. Um, and then, you know, you got the Raiders coming into Cincinnati. It's probably going to be cold, which, yeah. you know, may affect Burrow. And, 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 and the Bengals more than the Raiders, because I think they sort of throw the ball more up the field than the Raiders do, um, at least do it effectively. Um, yeah. You know, the Raiders, you know, or uh, Renfro has been a pretty good combination uh, and Waller and everything else where they can, you know, more of the, you know, mid-range passing game. Uh, And maybe that plays well in the, in the cold more than, you know, trying to air the ball out. But having said that, um, you know, the teams played earlier in the year, the Bengals beat them pretty well. And, and I'm looking for Cincinnati to do it again. So yeah, I'm looking for the Bengals to uh, advance over the Raiders. I I, I think, uh, I think I'm with you on that When I'm going with Cincinnati. Um, The second game, Interesting game, Bills against Patriots. I will tell you, one of the more interesting games I saw this year was Bills against Patriots when Mac Jones threw the ball, like, what, twice? I don't know if it was twice, yeah. but he might have threw it a handful of times. I think it was right? three times. Three times. I've I so, never yeah. seen anything <laughs> like that. I had never seen anything like that. You know what I mean? Um, and it was amazing. And they come away with the win in that game. And quite yeah. frankly... I thought in that game, I, I started to think that the Bills were done because they were scuffling at that time. And I said, man, that's a bad loss. You know what I mean? Especially when the guy throws the ball three times. Um, uh, but the Patriots have been struggling, I think, since then. And the Bills actually have been playing better. you know. And Josh Allen is just, he, he's the real deal, right? Um, yes, he is. And you got Stefan Diggs and everything else. I mean, those guys are the real deal. They're playing up in Buffalo again. It's going to be another, you know, it's going to be bitter cold probably um, this weekend. But I'm looking for the Bills to beat the Patriots and to send the hoodie home.
1: Yeah, I I have to agree with that one. You know, credit to, to Bill for putting Mac Jones in the position he's in, considering he's a true rookie quarterback, you know, first year in the league. And he he kind of put him in positions to succeed. Never put him in a position where he had to throw the ball, you know, 50 times or anything like that. Um, But I think the Bills, like you said, Josh Allen is is a, oh man, he's such a great quarterback. And it's kind of what you want to see from teams when they get a young quarterback and help him develop, put the pieces around him, all this stuff. I think Stephon Diggs is a blessing for this guy. And I think they're going to continue that run and they're going to beat the Patriots.
0: All right, so, so far, we're seeing everything the same way. Um, Cincinnati over the Raiders and the Buffalo Bills over the New England Patriots sending Bill Belichick home. Um, if we go to Sunday, the first game on Sunday, can I take this one? Can I, I want to go first on this one. Go for it. Eagles and Bengals. The reason why I want to go first on this one, because this one's easy. I hate the Eagles. The Eagles are going to lose. That's it. I mean... <laughs> Before I can get into even talking about personnel or anything else, I hate the Eagles. That means the Eagles are going to lose. To me, the Eagles are the Cardinals, the St. Louis Cardinals of the NFL. You know how much I don't like the St. Louis Cardinals in baseball. That's how much I don't like the Eagles. Can't stand those Eagles. So, having said that, (laughs) got that out of my system. Turning to the game. Look, we have a game where one team has Jalen Hurts as their quarterback and the other team has Tom Brady. And no disrespect to Jalen Hurts, but the other team has Tom Brady. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going with the other team. Yep. Okay. And, you know, the Buccaneers are playing at home, the Eagles have really found success. You know, they they've been one of the hotter teams, so to speak, over the last eight games or so of the season. But they had like the second easiest schedule during that period, yeah. and they also were winning games by just running the ball. You know, uh, in, in addition, you know, in, including Jalen Hurts getting a lot of yardage on the ground, and that's fine. But you know. The NFL, now you have to pass the ball. And I, you know, this is the playoffs now. And you're going into enemy territory facing Tom Brady and the defending Super Bowl champions. And if you think you're just going to run the ball 40 times, 45 times and come out with a victory, I don't see it happening. And so, you know, to me, I think this might be one of the more lopsided games of the first round. And I'm looking for the Buccaneers to take care of the Eagles pretty easily.
1: Yeah. Listen, one of the things I wrote down was if you're ever in doubt of picking a team, you go with Tom Brady's team. And I have no doubt that Tom Brady is going to win this game. Um, the Eagles got to the playoffs, but they couldn't beat playoff teams throughout the regular season. And now you're only facing playoff teams. And <laughs> unfortunately for them, they got Tom Brady in the first round here. So, you know, despite the running, despite all this stuff, the Bucks are getting... Um, Shaq Barrett back. They're getting Levante David back. Eagles aren't going to be running around. It's going to be Buccaneers all day in this one. This is the easy one. This is the easy choice.
0: Yeah. And, you know, the Philly slogan is fly, Eagles fly. Yeah, okay. Fly yourself (laughs) back to Philly, okay? Because this is your last (laughs) game of the season. So, take that and go home with it. Um the next game I'm going to let you go first because it 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 is the 49ers against my Dallas Cowboys. So I I'll let you go
1: first on that one. Ooh, this one is a is probably one of the more intriguing matchups I think of this round. And I know everyone's jumping on the 49ers bandwagon. Uh everyone's loving Jimmy G now. You know Debo Samuel is, is a stud. We're not going to he's the dude racks up yardage like crazy. Um Dak hasn't been the same since his injury. That's no secret. Even his owner, Jerry Jones, out there saying it's a slump and this and that. But I think it's going to be a close one, a really close game. I think a one-score game. And I think Dallas is going to edge it out. But I'll tell you this. I'm not confident in that pick. Sorry to say it because I know you're a big Cowboys fan. But if Jimmy G can be the game manager he is, no mistakes, I can see the 49ers taking it. But I'm going to go with Dallas here.
0: Yeah, and I'm going with Dallas, too, because I root for them. But I will tell you this. I I think the 49ers are the worst matchup that the Cowboys could have had. I agree. You know, because they are a physical team. And, you know, as like you said, Debo can hurt you in so many ways, out of the backfield and obviously as a wide receiver. Then you have Kittle at the tight end spot you know, and, and and so forth. And so, and they're physical and they're physical on the defensive line as well. Um, and turning to the Cowboys, no question, Dak has not been the same since coming back from the injury. Ezekiel Elliott is not the same Ezekiel Elliott of years past. And the Cowboys for all their firepower really haven't been clicking for quite a while now and all of those things you look at it and you just say mm, this is a tough matchup so I'm rooting for the Cowboys to win I'm going to pick them to win but it would not surprise me if they lost this game but um you know I'm picking them to win partly because I'm a Cowboys fan um but also I think There's been the media to me, it's, you know, generally, sports media in particular, too quick to anoint people and then dismiss people <laughs> and teams, right? And yeah. right now, San Francisco is like, you know, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, they're the team nobody wants to face. I'm like, wait a minute. They had to go to the last game of the season in order to qualify for the playoffs. So don't act like this is a juggernaut. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to... <laughs> And then you sort of get that feeling like, oh, the San Francisco 49ers, are they Super Bowl favorites now? No. Why not? Because Jimmy G is still an enigma, right? You yeah. don't know which Jimmy G you're going to get. So, look, I think this is probably the most intriguing game of the weekend. I think it has the potential to be the most exciting game in terms of firepower on both for both teams. Um, and great defenders on both teams, especially on the front lines. So this could be a very exciting football game. And, you know, I'm rooting for the Cowboys to come out on top. That's my pick. But, um, yeah, I could see this one going either way. I, I don't like the matchup for the Cowboys. I just don't.
1: All right. So team is in the playoffs, man. Yeah, that's right.
0: That's right. <laughs> and look. I don't well, yeah.
1: Yeah. We're
0: gonna take it one weekend at a time. So right now, I'm not gonna say any more about the Cowboys. If they make it past this week, we could talk some more about them, but you know, hopefully they can
1: take care of business on hey, Sunday. Jerry Jones said Super Bowl or Bus. That's all I'm well, saying.
0: Well, that means you can have one or the other. <laughs> so doesn't mean you're going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, so we'll see. Um the last game on Sunday is um, involves the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Kansas City Chiefs. I'll pick first on this one. I'm going with Mahomes uh, at home. Um, the Chiefs have really turned it around. Um, you know, defensively, they've they've gotten a lot better. Mahomes has gotten better. They've gotten healthier, and you know, I I, I like them over the Steelers, a team that snuck into the playoffs. Uh, and you know you have an aging Benoit Lisberger who, you know, no longer I think is the kind of guy who you think is going to win you a game. Yeah. And on the other side, you have a a quarterback who you know can win you a game. I'm going with the young gun, and I'm picking the Chiefs.
1: I'm still trying to figure out how the Steelers made it into the playoffs. <laughs> I cannot believe they're even in here, but. If you showed anyone this matchup, they'd probably laugh at you if they didn't follow the NFL, because you're looking at it like, oh, the Chiefs are going to blow him out. I think it's actually going to be a closer game than than people think. And I think, you know, despite the fact that Big Ben has definitely shown he's aged as a quarterback, he is not even close to the same type of quarterback he's, he was in his prime, I think he's going to give it one last ride. It's going to be a close game, but Mahomes has has the weapons. I think Kelsey's going to have a huge game. And it's going to be the Chiefs in a close one. Not a, not a blowout. It'll be a close game. But I'm going to go with the Chiefs here. And it'll be Big Ben's last ride.
0: I'm getting out my pen. Chiefs 44, Steelers 13. Oof. That's the score on this game. This gonna game's going to be over by halftime. <laughs> It'll be twenty seven to three at the half, something like that. This Ooh. game Yeah. This is gonna be the type of game that after, you know, the prior, you know, four games of the weekend, you know, NFL fans are gonna be tired. This'll be a game that, you know, they can go to bed at halftime because it'll be over and they can catch up on some sleep. Forty four thirteen. This game is
1: no. Nah. Jeff said over mm-hmm. at halftime.
0: Over at halftime, 27-3 <laughs> to three at half, 44-13 at the end. Wow. Ben Roethlisberger, right. you know, plenty of, plenty of shots of Ben Roethlisberger on the sideline with a towel around his neck, <laughs> holding it with both hands as he looks on the field. Could this be Ben Roethlisberger's last game? I don't know if it's the last game of his career, but it's the last game of this season. Go home forty four thirteen.
1: Honestly, Big Ben should've retired after last season, but which is what I, I don't I still don't know why this how the Steelers are here.
0: I don't either. But they they're here for a little bit. And yeah. you know, the only reason why they're gonna stay around so long in, in the postseason is because they have the last game of the weekend, um, at least on something. But <laughs> They're going home, bro. They're going home. And then we have, for the first time in NFL history, an NFL playoff game on Monday night, football, the uh, Arizona Cardinals against the uh, the Rams. Who do you pick in that one?
1: I think this is going to be – you talked about 49ers Cowboys having some firepower. I think this game is going to be one of those crazy high-scoring games. And – um the problem with the Rams is Stafford is turning the ball over a lot. And this is the biggest game of his life. And every game after this, I'm picking the Rams. Every game after this is the biggest game of his life. Uh, because the excuse for Stafford always was, well, the Lions don't have a good team around him. They don't have enough weapons for him. He's a generational talent. Well, now they got weapons for him. He's on a great team. He has a offensive genius of a head coach this is it for him there's no more excuses for Stafford after this I think Stafford if he turns the ball over they're done I don't think he'll do that this game I think they'll figure it out I think Aaron Donald is going to get to to Murray enough to kind of slow him down high scoring affair I'm going with the Rams here
0: for me I I I just, you know, I just have this thing ringing in my ears. They are who we thought they were. Right. (laughs) And that's how I feel about Matthew Stafford. He is who we thought he is. And all the things you say, just said that Stafford has the tendency to do. That's what he's going to do. And I believe that the Cardinals are going to upset the Rams. I know the Cardinals have not been playing well, Um, you know, I know that D-Hop is not playing, and they miss him really bad. DeAndre Hopkins, he's not playing, and I get it. But, um, you know, these are division rivals, and when you have division rivals, you know, you throw a lot of stuff out the window. You know what I mean? Because they know each other very well and all of that. And I think this is one of those games where we're going to see an upset. And, I, and I'm and i picking the Cardinals to upset the Rams um, to close out wild card weekend so um
1: JJ right, Watt so, coming back for this too not that he's the same so, player he was but it'll make some, a little bit of a difference
0: it could it could i mean some you know, obviously impact. yeah i mean it all depends how you know he's he, he obviously is not going to be in you know, mid season form or anything like that, you know, so he he probably are gonna, is going to be limited in how many snaps he he's going to be able to take, but, um, you know, it could make a difference, but you know, I, I, I think Kyler Murray will make enough plays. I think the last time these two teams played the Rams really stifled Kyler Murray. And in fact, that was the game that Deandre Hopkins got hurt and he hasn't yeah. played since. Um, and I think the Rams stifled, um, murray and they frustrated him and you know uh and, and and they came away with a victory and the rams really played well that game uh a couple of weeks ago but um you know again i th- this is one where it, it just seems to me to have upset written all over and here's the other thing the rams should have won that game last week against the 49ers yes right they're up 17 nothing at home And then they lose the game. And quite frankly, how did that game end, Rob? Remind me again. How did the game end? What was the last play of the game? Hmm, let me think. Mm -hmm. Oh, a Stafford interception. Yeah, Yeah. that's the the problem. Uh, I'm telling you, he is who we thought he is.
1: (laughs) This is it for him. This is (laughs) it for him. No more excuses after this game.
0: I'm sorry, man. So, um, but anyway, look that that's our call. So I think we are, we, we, we pick the same teams, Uh, the Bengals, the bills, Cowboys. I'm kind of like, again, that's more of a fan pick than a football pick Uh, for me. uh, The Buccaneers, we both have them, you know, sending the Eagles home, the chiefs over the Steelers. You think it's close. I think it's a blowout and um, you're picking the Rams and I got the Cardinals. So, it all begins this weekend, and so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, um, should be good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Definitely looking forward to a big NFL weekend. Uh, let's switch gears, talk about the NBA for a little bit. Um, and, you know, we had two impact players return recently, uh, Clay Thompson to the Golden State Warriors after being out for two years uh, with first a knee injury and then a – and then an Achilles injury, Uh, he's back. And then for the Brooklyn Nets, Kyrie Irving is back. Um, Kyrie was not with the team because he is not vaccinated uh, against the COVID virus. And uh, the Nets, because he plays in New York, right, he could not play home games in New York because of the New York mandate there. And the Nets had originally said, He's either going to be a full-time member or not, no part-time player. But then when the Nets had some COVID problems of their own, players were out, they had some injuries. All of a sudden the Nets changed their tune and said Kyrie Irving can play on the road, but he just won't play at home. So that's, so he's back uh, under those circumstances. But uh, let's talk about Klay Thompson first. Um, first, your thoughts on Klay being back and – what are your thoughts on what you've seen from him and from the Warriors so far?
1: Uh well, first of all, it's about time, man. The game has missed this guy. He's such a dynamic player, such a great shooter. It's it's great to have him back, man, especially where he got hurt on his first comeback from the knee injury. It was just I, I remember hearing the news. He tore his Achilles and gonna miss another year. It's crazy, man. Um, but happy he's back. I'm sure Steph Curry's happy he's back. Warriors have been struggling a little bit. Steph Curry is in unprecedented to say this, but he seems like to be in a shooting slump. Um, He's out there shooting like I would shoot back in the day when I didn't even know how to shoot a (laughs) basketball. So (laughs) it's crazy to think about that. But I think as time goes on, and luckily there is some time between here and the playoffs, and obviously Golden State is going to be in the playoffs, time to integrate, you know, Clay playing with Steph again and eventually Draymond will come back, get him going with Wiggins and stuff like that. See how that works out, but um the one thing I'll say, I got scared of seeing Clay dunk the ball in his first game back, especially when he landed. I was like, "Bro, just shoot it for now. Like, let us enjoy you being there. Don't try don't don't do anything crazy to get hurt again." But I think the Warriors will be just fine. I think they'll they'll catch up, they'll get it going, they'll get into a rhythm. And before you know it, they're going to have a crazy lineup because Wiggins is playing pretty well this year. Um, And I think he's doing a lot better than people thought he would. And it's, man, it's going to be a dangerous team come playoff time.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, they added, you know, not quite at midseason. Well, I guess around midseason. You know, they've added, you know, an all-star player, right? you know in in getting clay back in the lineup um but you know the warriors be without clay would you know were one of the best teams in the league and you know they had good chemistry going and right now that chemistry has been disrupted by clay returning because you know certain guys who were getting certain minutes you know are now not getting those minutes and so there's an adjustment that has to take place but they'll figure it out and you're right Steph Curry man he's not been the same uh even since really to tell you the truth he really wasn't the same as he was leading up to the record for three pointers right He, he was struggling getting there and partly I thought was because teams were locking in and saying you're not going to to get the record against us and, of course, what happened is he comes into Madison Square Garden and gets the record against our Knicks, right? So yep. fate would have it. But I thought maybe part of his woes was because a lot of focus was on him and, hey, you're not going to get the three-point record against us. But even since then, he's had a couple of games that have been vintage, Steph. But for the most part, he's, he's been off. He's been off. And the Warriors have been scuffling. They got blown out by Milwaukee. They lost to Memphis recently. And so it's been a little bit of a tough road for them, but they'll figure it out. They'll integrate Clay back into the fold. And with Draymond back and healthy, they're going to be tough. They're going to be tough. Um, I can't
1: wait to see that lineup with Draymond back in there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just like the way they play basketball, man. You know, the way they move the ball, the way they move without the ball, the way they share the ball. Um, they really play, you know, the game in a way that's just enjoyable to watch. And um, it's good to see Clay back, definitely. Um, now, flip side of the coin, Kyrie Irving. I think most people feel like you do and like I do and say, hey, man, it's good to see Clay back. There are a lot of people, bruh who aren't happy to see Kyrie Irving back, Yep, right? They think, you know, he should be vaccinated. He let the team down and all of these things. And there's there's just a lot of people that don't like Kyrie Irving no matter what, but Kyrie's back and it involved the Nets doing an about face on their position on Kyrie and his vaccination status, which is really interesting. When they thought they could go out and be okay without him, it was like, okay, we can't have a part-time player. But then when it became evident that, you know what, they're not going to be able to compete with Phoenix, and they're not going to be able to compete with Golden State, perhaps, or with Milwaukee, you know. Then all of a sudden, and you know, Kevin Durant's playing too many minutes. Harden's playing too many minutes. Now you want Kyrie back? Hmm. Huh. A little bit of hypocrisy there but in any Mm -hmm. event they changed their position Kyrie is back not everybody's happy about it how you feel
1: about it honestly I'm happy to see Kyrie Kyrie the basketball player is one of the most box office players in the league the way the dude handles the ball the way he drives it is one of the best I've ever seen from you know the point guard position at his height at his stature I think it's great for the NBA to have a player like Kyrie playing. And I have no problem with it. And honestly, I think the media um, is unfair in a way for how much they've attacked Kyrie Irving from the beginning of this. And I won't say names, but I think we all know the big media personality who has attacked Kyrie Irving. Yeah,
0: yeah, don't say Stephen A. Smith's name. Yeah, I won't say that.
1: I won't say that. that I Don't say do
0: Stephen A. Smith. Yeah. <laughs> Don't say
1: But he, he A. called for Kyrie <laughs> to retire. He called for Kyrie to give up his uh, contract, his house, his, his shoes, his everything. Just give it up. And I think it's unfair the way the media has gone after this guy. Um, because regardless of what we feel, what he feels, what anybody feels, he made his decision not to get vaccinated. And it wasn't his decision to go out there and play now. It was the Nets. If you're going to be upset with somebody, be upset with the Nets. But Kyrie's playing, and I'm happy to see him play.
0: The last statement you just said, I agree with all the way, right? You know what? It was the Nets that changed their position on Kyrie Irving. Whether you agree or not, or anyone agrees or not with Kyrie Irving, you know, refusing to get the vaccine. It's his choice and he was willing to live with the consequences. You didn't see him out there belly aching or giving interviews or anything about hey I'm being treated unfairly and all the rest of that. He accepted what the nets said, which they didn't have to obviously. They could allow him to play on the road, but they decided not to. They want a part-time player initially. And he just took it. And then the Nets, because they realized they needed him, now did an about face. And you're right. You want to be upset with somebody? Be upset with the Nets. I'm not even upset with the Nets. Quite frankly, I'm not, Rob, because here's the thing. I think the Nets realized something. That's ownership. We want to win a championship. And we have a better chance winning a championship with a part-time Kyrie Irving than with a no-time Kyrie Irving. Now, we have to see how this plays out with this whole he's playing on the road but not at home, especially when you get to the playoffs. That could get dicey, but they'll figure that out. But I think they knew something. With no Kyrie Irving, there was no championship. With Kyrie Irving, even as a part-timer, there's the possibility of them winning the championship. And they made that decision as a franchise and they said, you know what? Forget all this noise. We want to win. We want to make some money and we're bringing him back. Okay. I have no problem with that. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's what, that's what it's all about. It's about championships at the end of the day. And they're, they're making their decision because they want to win a championship.
0: Yeah. And now that he's back, we'll see what happens. Now, an interesting story came out this week, though, um, as far as the New York law that is keeping Kyrie from playing games at home. And that is that he actually could play. At least this is what some of the published reports are, 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 are saying, because the law actually just institutes fines for anyone that doesn't abide by the mandate. And the fines top out at $5,000 after the third offense. And so if you get four, five, six, seven, it's just another $5,000 on top on and so on. And so the reports have come out and said, well, he could play in New York if the Nets were willing to have him play and pay the fines, whether Kyrie pays the fines or the Nets pay the fines, right? But he actually could play. So this becomes interesting now because the Nets could almost do a total about face and say, not only is Kyrie going to play
1: on the road,
0: (laughs) but he's going to play at home too. And, you know, we'll pay the fines. But my, here's what I say. The optics of that are bad. Yeah. Right. In the midst of COVID, right, it will become so apparent that the, the only thing the Nets care about is winning and making money and right and, and enhancing their brand and all. That's what they would be saying, right? Yeah. Yeah, we understand New York says you can't do it, but we'll do it because we have the ability to pay the fines and we'll pay the fines. The optics are bad, Rob. The optics are bad on that. But you know what? I say the that should go ahead and do it because at least they'll be true to themselves. If they don't do it, then they're just going to try to pretend that they're good corporate citizen. But if they do do it, they're being true to themselves and saying, you know what? We're in this for the money, right? Yeah. <laughs> I would have more respect for them if they did that. I don't think they yeah. will, but I would have more respect for them if they did that and say, yeah, I know it looks bad, but you know what? you all going to have to get over it.
1: Yeah. I, um, <laughs> that last part, <laughs> that's the one that got me, man. It is about championships and listen, they plan to pay Kyrie. I think it was like 35 million this year is his full salary for the year. Yeah. I don't know how the money and the contract stuff works in the NBA with, with Kyrie's contract specifically, but if you haven't paid him for the home games to to date, what's an extra $5,000 you're going to pay him on top of that? you've already not paid him for the home games that he's missed. So from a perspective of a business a business owner looking to make money, looking to win championships, you pay an extra $5,000 for a supreme talent of a player to team up with two other supreme talented players. Listen, man, if you want to win a championship, you you pony up those extra $5,000. Because that's chump change for for an NBA owner. You know what I mean? Yeah, optics, like The optics, <laughs> terrible. No, the Absolutely optics are bad. Terrible. <laughs> yeah. And but I if think... you're trying to win a championship, that's the move to make.
0: And I think for the Nets, they don't care about the money. Obviously, the money is no issue here. It's whether or not they are prepared to take the blowback that they will receive. And if you think Kyrie Irving got it, <laughs> if the Nets did this after, look, there, there are already people who are criticizing them for reversing their opinion on the part-time status of Kyrie Irving. So can you imagine if the Nets took the next step and Oof. went to the, to saying, now we're going to allow him to play at home and we'll just cover his fines? Oh, they would get blasted. I can hear Stephen A.
1: Smith now.
0: Oh, uh, me too. and And so many others they would get blasted but this is why i'm saying the nets know they want to do that they know they want to but the politically correct thing to do is to act like you are a responsible franchise right (laughs) and all i'm saying is i'd rather them be true to their nature which is all about making money and all about championships right because most of these franchises, they're corporate citizens because that helps their bottom line. They're good corporate citizens because it helps their bottom line. So it's all related to it. I would rather them just be true to themselves and say, you know what? We in like, look, I would rather I would rather the Nets ownership get on national television and sing Wu Tang Clan, Cream rules everything <laughs> around me, Cream get the money, dollar dollar bill, y'all, and just walk <laughs> off the stage, right? I'd rather them just do that because that's how they feel, but they wouldn't because man, they t- they would get blasted.
1: <laughs> oh boy, it's tempting. I'll tell you that. It is something. They're thinking about
0: it. Oh, over there in Brooklyn, they're thinking about it.
1: They're they're thinking about it. I'm sure they've hired a lot of PR people right now to Mm -hmm. sit around the round table and figure out (laughs) the pros and cons.
0: Yeah. How do we ease into this one? (laughs) How how do we twist this one into, you know, a story that like is 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 acceptable to the public. Oh yeah, they're thinking about this one.
1: They're thinking about it.
0: Yeah, okay. come on, man. Step up to the plate and just be who you are, Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn, where you at? They like saying <laughs> that all the time. <laughs> come on,
1: <laughs> just Ooh. be
0: true to yourself.
1: I hope yeah. they do it, Jeff. I hope they Me do too. it too.
0: Oh man, it'll be exciting just to read all the stories, hear all the yep. people going crazy and acting as if the world's going to end.
1: Yep, I hmm. can't wait.
0: We'll see. Well, speaking of the world ending, um, the world may not end, and baseball may not even end. But the question right now is when and if it will begin, uh, because we're still in a lockout. Um, Just this week, um, the sides returned to the bargaining table for the first time since early December, uh, when the owners instituted the lockout. The owners made a proposal, and it's been widely reported that the players were none too happy about it. Um, they didn't like what they received from the owners. And so the question remains, uh, you know, what, what happens next? Um, I know you are a big time baseball fan. I know you have a lot of thoughts about the lockout. Um, but when you look at where things stand now, still in the lockout, negotiations have resumed. They're not off to a rousing start by any stretch of the imagination, As a baseball fan, what's your take on all this?
1: Man, it's just sad. And I think we knew this maybe the 2020 season when they were negotiating how they're going to progress with the COVID season. Um, We kind of saw this happening. People following the game saw this scenario happening where a lockout was possible. And we're here. Um, It took a long time for the sides to get back together. That's unfortunate because now we're – In 2022, we're mid-January, and spring training, opening day, all that stuff is coming up very soon. And, you know, you don't expect a deal to happen on day one of meeting. That doesn't happen in in any business where there's two sides trying to come to an agreement. Um, But the fact that it didn't come off, didn't start off on the right foot, it doesn't bode well. And, you know, we wait to see if there's going to be a counter proposal from the player side or for the union side, if it's going to be, you know, there's obviously going to be the back and forth. But you wonder, is there going to be enough time to start things on time? Because, you know, to to the naked eye, it's, oh, spring training. Boom. Get that started. Oh, we'll miss a few spring training games, whatever. Regular season, maybe let's push it back a week or two, whatever. But what people don't, you know, people that are more integrated into the game, there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes with roster construction that has to happen prior to these things beginning. So um, that's the big worry. We worry about all that stuff. So we'll see where this goes, Jeff. It, it's it's sad as a baseball fan to know that there's still a lockout and there's no end in sight, at least not right now. So um, we just hope for the best and hope that it ends soon.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, most baseball fans in particular and sports fans generally feel the same way. Um. look, you know, right now there is a date certain for opening day, right? End of March, I believe, um, yeah. in 2022. Um, you know, and so we know when the season is scheduled to begin. W- when the sides reach an agreement, if it happens sometime this spring, um, you know, you still have 140 free agents out there. Yeah. Right. So there's still players that need to be signed. Uh still have salary arbitration to go through. Um players who live in other countries still have to find a way back here um and getting, you know, get a visa and that's not as easy as it is normally, right? There's a lot. You know, teams still have to construct their rosters and there's just a lot to do before we get to opening day and you're going to need as much time as possible to do it. So it's still early enough, I think, but as Yogi Berra (laughs) was quoted as saying, (laughs) it gets late early, right? It's getting late real early. You know what I mean? So, um, so we'll see, we'll see, but you know, at least, you know, um, The sides did return to the bargaining table this week. And even though it's not off to the best start, hopefully things will improve and we'll see an end to the lockout soon. So we'll keep an eye on that for sure. And Um, I'll say
1: this real quick. Yeah. There's a big notion out there, especially with social media where it's this billionaires versus millionaires.
0: I -hmm. think that that
1: narrative needs to end, man, because there's a lot of major league players out there who don't, sniff millions and a lot of these negotiations and stuff like that are happening for those guys who don't make the millions you know and trying to improve their lifestyle whether it's the even if it's like the minor leaguers who you know they're trying to get housing for them and stuff like that so i think when we have this narrative in the lockout it's not just billionaires versus millionaires so i think that narrative needs to quiet down a lot and just go
0: yeah yeah I mean you know because most of the players, as you say aren't you know most of the players are the younger you know yeah. they're they're the players who are you know have one to three years of experience, and so you know they you know look they're making good money by everyday standards, but by professional athlete standards, they're at the lower end of the totem pole, so you're right um and you know whether you know the public how they view it whether it's the way you say millionaires and and billionaires or they view it some other way at the end of the day i think most fans just say either way get it done yeah. right get it done um and look i think even look the parties want to get it done you know the union and the players want to get a deal mlb and the clubs i believe want to get a deal right <laughs> i think everybody wants baseball to return um but they have to figure it out they have to figure it out, and they do. you know, it's 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 a you know we're in the midst of a lockout, and you know, gotta figure it out. Uh, Figuring we'll, out, we'll see, we'll see how long it takes.
1: Yeah, but we'll we keep our Carlos.
0: eye on this. one. Yeah, we
1: need Carlos Correa and pinstripes already.
0: Yeah, I know you want you probably want <laughs> Carlos Correa and pinstripes. You probably want Matt Olson and pinstripes. You, I you do. Want. I wouldn't mind.
1: I wouldn't mind. Yeah, yeah, that'd be okay. That'd be an okay all season.
0: Well, we'll see because he's one of the bigger names who are, that are out there. You know, you got Freddie yeah. Freeman that still needs to sign, but here's the other thing. And that's great. Those guys are going to be taken care of. There's a whole lot of, to your yeah. point, a whole lot of lesser guys who don't have jobs, but you know, they, they, they want to know who they're playing for as well. So exactly. that's the point. There's a lot to do here. Um, and you know, like I said, we'll we'll keep our eye on it as it progresses. So, all right, brother, that's it for this one, man. It is so good to be back in the saddle. Um, yeah, and so glad to to chop this one up with you. And I'm looking forward to this uh, wild card round this weekend, and then we'll come back next week, and we'll. <laughs> see how wrong we were (laughs) or how right we were (laughs) on our picks and uh talk about you know other things that are happening in the world of sports we'll do that again next week but good catching up with you and look forward to doing this again real soon
1: yes sir take care brother
0: all right you too